We're in a series called What Now? And how fitting for this time because a lot of us are really asking that, like, what, what should we do now in light of what's happening on, with this global pandemic called COVID-19, coronavirus, and what, what now because my job has changed, well, a lot of things have changed, and the school has changed, most folks have to do school online. Right, And so it changes the way we interact with people with social distancing. And a lot of us step back and go, what now? Well, actually, like what now has somewhat changed in the last week or two where we're hearing a lot more about how to reopen, how to reopen Pennsylvania. And by the way, I'm really, really in favor of that, opening safely, getting businesses back up and running and get our lives back together. And, and um, we, we won't be getting back to school this year, obviously, but hopefully by next year, obviously. But... But I'm, I'm all about reopening. And so now we're hearing a lot of phrases become a new catchphrase about the new normal. And so I've entitled this message, New Normal, but with a question mark. New Normal, question mark. What is new normal? Is it like your normal was? Back to normal, or maybe there really is a new normal. So I really want to talk about that today. And... Um, and, and as, we, as we think about going back to life as it was, I really want to talk about maybe, folks, maybe there's some things. I'll submit this to you. There's some things that maybe God is not that excited about reopening or getting back to normal in its previous form. I emphasize as it previously was. Maybe getting back to everything as normal isn't maybe God's intent. Do <laughs> you ever stop and think about maybe the reset button or the stop button or, or getting, you know, getting through a pandemic like this, maybe a new normal doesn't look like the old normal and there's some things that should stay dead or at least things should be changed when we get back up and running. Maybe it starts with changing the mind. Did you know there's a lot of people calling for a revival of repentance? Well, that, that, that means changing your mind. Maybe there's an all-out revival of a changed mindset where the new normal looks like doing life God's way as opposed to just how we, we normally did life. Maybe there's some areas that we ought to take a look at as we're contemplating this season. So, so also I was thinking about folks that that we live in an either-or mentality oftentimes. And I want, to touch, I want to touch on that because often a religious and a ritual spirit, if you can call it that, or just a, a cultural norm, is often like an either-or, like, like let's do it this way or that way. And maybe we're stepping into a both-end mindset. Now, I'll, um, I'll clarify that as, as we talk. But I think the enemy loves to divide and polarize and create all these arguments and pit one against another and keeping the focus on right and wrong. And um, if, if you're on social media, you see all that this is right and that is wrong camp, one camp or another. You know, and should we reopen businesses? Yes, but is okay to reopen safely? And those that want to stay on one side, of the, let's just reopen. And those that say, let's stay safe and stay home. But right in the middle would be to reopen safely. Do you understand what I mean? It's a both end. It's not an either or. And my, a better example is Jesus. He was not stuck in an either or mentality. And he healed and he delivered people in many, many different ways using multiple methods and a variety of words and then at different places all the time. And, and he healed in the temple, 
which is like our modern how we do church today. We meet all together corporately. That's where the corporately mindset comes from. All the saints gathered together. I mean, how corporate was the, the you know, the, the, uh, the church in the book of Acts when they had 3,000 people that day, you know, come be, be filled with the Holy Spirit and got baptized. That's a corporate setting. So Jesus was very active in the corporate setting of his day. And then he also healed people inside their homes. And he went to the grave sites and he got a man delivered there in a graveyard. So there was a, a, an amazing church service right there in a graveyard, which we didn't try yet. And then, and then there was a church service that when he raised Lazarus from the dead. You imagine that worship service. We haven't tried that yet, church. You know, you know so, so maybe we have an either-or mentality and we're somewhat limited, and, and he didn't seem to be stuck on certain days. You know, Jesus healed on the Sabbath day when other religious people thought that was not okay, and he got in trouble for doing whatever he wanted. But let me clarify that. His, his normal, Jesus' normal was in John five nineteen, where he clarifies, he says, I tell you the truth, the son could do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing, Whatever the father does, the son also does. That was his normal. So, so Jesus' ministry, guys, was never limited to a certain time, a certain day, a certain meeting, and a certain place, or only in certain groups of people. Why are we? No, why are you? Why, why am I? Why, why have we limited ourselves like that? And so I, I want to submit to you today that a new normal is doing it maybe more like Jesus did and maybe coming into a place of being unlimited. Does that make sense? Some, some of us are more inclined towards spirituality only on certain days. <laughs> and we poked at this before if you listen to some of our previous sermons, but it's true, and it's still true in America, um, that we're inclined towards spirituality or loving Jesus or letting him love on us on certain days of the week, like Sunday, of course, some of you on Saturday, and if you go to church on Monday or whatever, <clears throat> or only in certain places. Now, I'm, you're talking to a church guy. You're talking to a guy that misses Sunday morning church. You're talking to a, to a pastor who loves, who, you're listening to a pastor, rather, who loves and can't wait to get back to all meeting together on a Sunday morning. Let me just clarify. But in the, is there still some sense of ritual and religion that God is poking at where we've limited God's ability to move in and through us by what's happening around us? And only you can answer that. Man, I know we still know people. I know you probably know people. There's a certain language on a Sunday and then a different language from Monday. A smile on a Sunday and cursing at my boss on Monday. There's a, a cheery hallelujah on a Sunday and a frown on a Monday morning that stretches a mile wide. And so God's poking at the hypocrisy, guys. He's poking at my hypocrisy as well. And he's saying, why have you limited me? And why is it still a meeting-to-meeting culture that we've developed you have to wait for a meeting to experience God and outside the meeting we're a different person perhaps and 
Let's poke, let's poke at that. Let's go with, enjoy, stay with me. Please don't turn off your computer or your phone just yet. I, I'm, I'm being poked at, so that gives me the right to poke at you. No, I'm, te- I'm teasing you. I'm te- I, I just submit to you that God is doing some of these, some of these things. So, so, so my, my one little example of ritual that got messed up is, is I would drop uh, my son Dominic off at school a few times a week. Um, well, I'd drop him off every morning. And then, but a few times a week, I would head right from there to, to the gym. And that's when I would do my morning routine, and I would call that healthy. <laughs> trying to stay healthy and trying to exercise, right? Trying to stay in a routine does help. And so it's not bad, right? But as soon as the gym closed because of social distancing, I stopped exercising. It just went away completely. Because I only had a mindset that said, I only am health conscious, get this, I'm only health conscious on the three mornings a week after I drop Dominic off at school and I head to the gym. Those were my moments of health consciousness. As opposed to an all-encompassing both and, how about it's okay to work out. I can't wait till the gym opens again. It helps me. But being health conscious outside of that is probably just as important. How about eating well? the rest of the time, and watching my food intake, which Alicia is always asking me to be mindful of. She's much more disciplined than I am. I'm telling you guys, she's an amazing woman. She's much more disciplined. She watches what she eats. And she, she's always had a health-conscious mentality outside of, of the gym. And me, I was more ritualistic. Like, here's my health consciousness right now. The rest of the, the week, so what? Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, likewise, some of us have a spiritual conscious, a Jesus consciousness, only at certain times of the week. So now I've learned, folks, to exercise at home. I don't like it as much, but I need, I need that as well. And I've learned, you know, going through this to be even more health conscious in other ways. And it's amazing what you can do when you step outside of ritual and religion. <laughs> that's, a, that's, one, that's just one thing. So I want to dive into a few things that I believe God is poking at. This morning, um, are we led by the Holy Spirit like Jesus was, or simply living our life by ritual and religion? Maybe there's areas where the old normal should be left behind for a new normal, or shall we say a better normal? Number one, you ready for number one? I feel like God is poking at what is normal connection. I'm asking you that as a question. What is normal connection? And I'm following that up with another question. Why did some of you stop connecting with other believers? As soon as Sunday morning church services were canceled because of COVID-19 virus. I ask that question again. Why did some of us, some of you perhaps, stop connecting with other believers when we changed the way we do Sunday morning church? Doesn't it point to an either-or mentality like I can't connect and this is my only place where this happens, and there's nothing else really happening in friendship or connection outside of my normal Sunday morning go-to-meeting mentality. Now think about it. I know you have to connect in different ways, but there's phone calls. There's a variety of social media platforms nowadays, and if you do social distancing, well, I see people still walking in the parks and maintaining a decent distance. Matter of fact, we're at the park yesterday, and I never saw that park so full, and it was hard to keep social distancing in the park. Don't don't get me started on where social distancing isn't happening. (laughs) So, So nevertheless, there's ways to be in touch, but I wonder if it pokes at that we've been in a box. And Acts, 
Acts 5.42, I just want to throw this verse at you. It says they, they were meeting. It talks about how they were meeting in the, in the early church. And, and it talks about every day. It says every day, get that. Every day the people were meeting. And it was in the temple. And so I'm a both end kind of guy. You're again, you're talking, you're listening to a pastor who can't wait to meet all together here again on a Sunday morning. Two services, or we'll probably have to do three eventually and four, five, six services, I don't care. God knows what's coming, whatever's part of the great awakening, that's what we're gonna do, right? But they were meeting every day in the temple. It says, and, somebody say and, from house to house. They did both. And that was what the gospel spreading and the kingdom building looked like. It was a both and picture. And they continued preaching and about Jesus the Messiah. And they connect in both corporate settings and in small friendship settings. That's God's intent. So even if we get church back up, which, which I believe we will very soon, we still need a both end mentality. You should have your connections here on a Sunday morning or whenever we, it is we do church meetings but it's God's will that you connect outside of that. Let's not go back to normal and have that as an only method. So Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among you. Amen. So I love meeting with a couple hundred that meet in one service. And I love meeting one-on-one. -on -one, and that's normal. That's a better normal. I'm just telling you. Number two, you ready for number two? What is normal worship and prayer? Big question mark. What is normal? Throughout the Gospels, it's normal. Let's talk about prayer just for a second. It's normal. You could see that Jesus withdrew by himself. And, of course, the, the, the one where he withdrew to the Garden of Gethsemane alone. And some disciples were there praying with him, but it didn't seem like they could hang in there very long. And they fell asleep. But Jesus spent a lot of time alone. It says all different places he withdrew to the mountains, to the wilderness, to pray. And he spent a healthy amount of time alone, but not really alone, but by himself with his heavenly Father, who, who he prayed to and talked with and heard from. But you definitely read, come on, folks, in Acts 1 and in Acts 2, where they were meeting all together in the upper room. Acts 2, they were meeting in the upper room when, you know, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And as we know, the day of Pentecost, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and filled with uh, tongues of fire and new tongues and all of that. But they were all together corporately. Come on, it's a both end. And, and it, you know, I, I was thinking about worship and prayer should be all-encompassing in a both-end mentality where it's not just meeting to meeting to meeting where we experience great worship, although I'm telling you folks, worship here in this auditorium, the way that we do it is just really anointed and really cool. And I, and I, hope, that, I hope that you could hear that coming through the airwaves this morning, through the computers. Man, it was, it was just really anointed again. This team does a fantastic job. But do you pray and do you worship with an audience of one? with you and your heavenly Father and you with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, do you still worship on a Monday morning, maybe on your way to work? Well, nowadays you can turn on YouTube and, you know, you can listen to 3,000, 10,000 worship songs. There really is not much of an excuse today unless you don't have internet service. But even that is an excuse. You can open up your mouth and say, I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I cry out to you. I want to hear your voice. It's both corporate and it's private. What about, what about things like, I just want to poke at some things, guys. You still okay out there? Turn to your family member, take a deep breath and say, you're okay, I'm okay. Number, I want to poke at, at some of the things 
you know, that we do corporately as a church, something like communion. Did you know that, that when you read about communion, it was first experienced when Jesus did it with his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. And he held up a cup and he held up the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. But he never said it's the only place. He never said it. The only place to do that is in a, in a holy, quiet moment in a church service in a certain building time or place. He never said that. He said, do this as often as you remember me. And he didn't say you have to all meet together right here to do communion. I asked, I asked someone just, just the other week, we were having a prayer, this is before we shut down, and we were having a prayer meeting right here on, I think it was a Friday afternoon, and someone was experiencing sickness, and I said, have you ever thought about taking communion with, with, by yourself or maybe with your husband at home? And she said, I have never once thought about um, doing that in my own house. And I mean, I mean, why not? <laughs> Some of you are the same, but why not? You can get, now you do, because we, we encourage you to. Maybe Monday night you tuned in. We encourage you to go grab some bread and grab some juice. But, but that's not the normal, is it? Even in America, as free as we think we are, we have our rituals. And, and certain things are done in certain ways and only times in certain places. There's nothing prohibiting you from, grab, from adding juice and a certain loaf of bread or whatever it is you need or crackers to your grocery list and saying, I'm going to take communion and I'm going to think about the finished work of the cross and the new covenant experience whenever and wherever I feel led to do this. And corporately when we get together on a Monday night, which we do once a month and we take communion together, I am, I am not saying that we should not do that. See, the religious spirit says, well, now is that the right way? It's both end, folks. The religious spirit wants to put you in a box and say, only here and only like that. Well, now is house church normal? Yes. Is getting together with 3,000 people normal? It certainly was in the book of Acts. See, the religious ritualistic spirit wants to put you in a new box. How about get out of the box and put on the new normal where Jesus said, I do that which I see the Father doing. And that could look like this way sometimes and like this way another time. It's following the Holy Spirit, folks. That's what I feel God poking at us and going, man, I, again, I can't, I can't wait to be, do communion again on the next Monday we do it. But you could do it today. You could do it today. How about How about baptism? You know, when I was first saved, <laughs> when I was first saved, I belonged to a church for many, many years that never had a baptism like we do here. They never had a pool. So I was baptized in a, in a backyard pool by a life group leader and all my life group surrounding me. And, and it was a precious, precious moment. I've, you know, before we had this building, you know, I know Jimmy and I and Pastor Gary, we baptized people here and there and everywhere, some in the creek and some in the backyard pools, the Espen Shades pool, Gary, um, Gary Renee Groff's pool. And, and we, people were baptized literally almost everywhere. Did you know that, that one of the more recent stories of Justin Bieber, whatever you think about him, it doesn't matter. That's not my point. But Justin Bieber um, confessed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he was baptized, get this, at 3 o'clock in the morning. In a oversized pool, uh, it was owned by the NBA pro Tyson, um, Tyson Chandler. He was baptized by Carl Lentz, the Hillsong pastor in, uh, in, who pastors a church in New York City. And he didn't want to wait. 
He said he's confessing the Lord Jesus now and having an emotional, spiritual moment. And it's 3 o'clock in the morning. They call up a friend, and just a few people gathered around. They say, we'll fill up our, it was an oversized bathtub because of how big the NBA player is, by the way. And it was (laughs) big enough for baptism. And they said, let's do this. Let's do this now. Let's do this here. How about, how about in, in, you know, you read the story where Philip in the Bible, I believe that's, um, it's also in the book of Acts, chapter 8. You can read the story, but where Philip was leading um, an, an Ethiopian, Ethiopian gentleman to the Lord, and they're traveling along in his chariot, it says, and, and he said, yeah, I'm a believer now in Jesus Christ. What's, what's preventing you from getting baptized right now? And so they stopped and they found a puddle of water, <laughs> pool of water, whatever it was, and they got him baptized. So some of you are squirming right now going, this just doesn't fit my Christian idea of what's right and wrong. <laughs> Telling you God's poking at it. Am I against baptisms on Sunday? No, we're going to do it again. We might have to start doing it every Sunday when we open back up. I don't know. There's a lot of people coming to the Lord. We might have enough room to do everything on a Sunday, folks. We might have not have enough time unless we skip worship and preaching. And some of y'all are like, oh, that'd be cool. Let's just do baptisms for a couple hours. I'm okay with that if you are. Are you, though? Are you, but, but if someone comes to the Lord, like your neighbor, for example, and someone in your family, and we're not meeting for a while, there's nothing wrong. It's actually, it actually, baptism requires a witness, is what it requires. As you read in the scripture, it requires someone witnessing. It's supposed to be a public witness of your confession of faith. And so maybe you want to baptize your kids in your bathtub, and that would be okay. And we can recognize that and say, you received Jesus, you got baptized in water, let's pray for your baptism in the Holy Spirit, and it's all legit, folks. It's legit. Amen? Allow the Lord to poke at it just a bit. Are we, are we still religious and ritualistic? Maybe there's some things where returning back to normal isn't maybe Jesus' is normal. It's just our normal. Amen? Do we, have, do we still have a current meeting-to-meeting culture, or is it a relationship-to-relationship culture? Um, number three, let's get to number three. Take another deep breath before I dive into number three, because this is poking. I know that it is, but the Holy Spirit's poking at us, me and Alicia and our family. Number three is, why is busy always normal? And I think it it takes something like a change in our entire culture like this to highlight some things, doesn't it? Yes, for many many folks, and, and you've talked to people, you've seen them online perhaps, but it's created a great opportunity for some, and not all, of course, for togetherness, their family bonding times, and their baking together, and like some others, we went bicycling together one day, all of us, which is, which is unusual. Matter of fact, last summer we were so busy we never even fit this in because uh, we had a house full of teenagers, and like we do now, we have three teenagers and someone in their 20s in college, and, and so it's like really difficult to get us all in one place at one time anymore, really with all that's going on. So we went bicycling together, we went hiking together just yesterday, we did it again. Um, we were playing board games, and a lot of you were doing crafts and other home projects together, 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 together. Why does it take an international pandemic to get families to spend quality time together? Why? Well, because rest hasn't been normal. Times of quality togetherness and and stopping from your labors and rest hasn't been normal for most Americans. 
and I don't know if it's true in other countries. This is where I've lived, but it's not normal in the Northeast, that's for sure. And, you know, I've, I've poked at this before at a previous sermon, but I'm going to say it again. You have hardly ever heard anyone say, how are you? And they say, well, well rested. I'm doing great and well rested. No one ever says that. We could change that normal, by the way. We could settle for a better normal, and we could say something like that. But we always say, oh, I'm doing great, and I'm busy, and, you know, as if working 60, 70, 80 hours a week is, is somehow great and braggable or something like that, which is fine. We, have, we, we all are going to have weeks like that. But why isn't rest and recreation and togetherness our normal? Psalm 127.2 Here's a verse. It says, it is, King David says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Let me read Mark 8, 36. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? So my question, my final question for that is, what boundaries are we going to put in place when America gets back up and running to some degree or when we start having church again and maybe soccer is going to come back again and all your beloved sports will open up again? What boundaries do we put in place so that rest is still included in our schedule and downtime and family, quality family togetherness? What boundaries are you thinking about putting in place for the better normal? I feel the Holy Spirit poking at us. So what is, what is your new normal? Is your normal similar to how Jesus operated? And if it's not, then why get back to it? Why return to something that isn't God's way anyway? So let's, let's, together, let's together cry out for what the new normal or a better normal is by doing life God's way. Amen. You know, there was a day, folks, when... When I desperately needed a new norm in my life, I was, I was raised in a very ritualistic, very religious home. Some would say it was a Christian home. I, I'm not sure because I didn't know Jesus. But I was at church most every Sunday, even though I didn't know. But, you know, so I listened to preaching, albeit it was, I didn't know the gospel, but I listened to preaching. <laughs> I would sing songs, mostly hymns back then. And I would do things on a certain day of the week and and say even ritualistic prayers. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I had no, no clue who, who Father God was. But, but my new normal back then when I was 19 years old, I finally said my new normal is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I never returned to what the normal was in our culture or in my culture. It stayed different, folks. It stayed it, 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 it took off from there. And, and of course, God, God is always messing with us and growing us up in him, amen. But, but after that, there was no returning to do this and you're somehow okay with God. Sing this song and somehow you know God because of that. Say this ritualistic prayer and somehow that's satisfactory. God is calling you to say, you're, some of you right now, your new normal is simply starting to say, I confess Jesus Christ as Lord. I confess that God, he is Lord of my life. I want to do life God's way. And that's a new normal to start with. That's a better normal than living life from meeting to meeting, game to game, work, 
home, work, home, sleep, a little bit of sleep in there and all that and living life by rituals as opposed to living life the way Jesus lived, doing that which you see the Father doing. Man, if you just pause right now, man, I, I, if that's you, man, there, there's a way that you can tell us if you want to receive Jesus. You don't have to put your hand up because I can't see you anyway. But inside your, inside your heart, you say, Jesus, I know that I need you. I know that you are the new normal. I want to live my life your way. You can, you can send a text to... Um, 97000 if you want to grab your phone or grab your gadget and then say all for Jesus the word all the number four and then the word Jesus you can text that to 97000 let us know that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you're saying I want to live my life his way that's that's the commitment to my new normal today so that I can start saying God what is your will for my life not religion to religion ritual to ritual but I want to hear from the Holy Spirit that's how it begins folks let me just pray with you if that's you let us know I'm just going to pray with you right there in your home Maybe you want to stand up. Maybe you want to grab someone's hand. Those of you that are around those accepting the Lord, lay your hands on them and pray. Say, to just simply repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I want to make you my new normal today. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. I need to do life your way. And if America gets back up and running... I still want to follow you and not just follow culture. We'll do life your way. So say this, say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come live within me and empower me for Christian living. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for the finished work of the cross. Amen.